Um, the first Maimon in the Parsha's Vaira, um, uh, basically what the Maimon uh, talks about is uh, what, uh, what Yiddishkeit is about. Um, one of the main, I guess we're talking about it today, is after Chavdala Tevis, it's one day, so we can discuss a little bit generally what is Hasidus, what did it want to accomplish? You know, we have many, many answers, and yesterday in Yom Yom we had an answer. There's a lot of different answers, but it seems like the Altarebis writes over here in this particular Mimer, and in the Tanya that we're learning today also is that the world as Hashem created it lacks recognition that it has a, a master, that it has an owner, that somebody's in charge. When you look around in the world, you don't see that God created it. People will say no. You don't see the hand of God, not in the creation, not in the running of the world. It seems like the nature, the forces of nature, natural things are in charge and control. And, you know, it seems like if you luck out, you know, you luck out. If you don't luck out, you're at a disadvantage. And there's no rhyme or reason or that's, you know, God forbid, that's what it seems the world. And Hasidus explains that that was actually the intent to have a world like that, that should seem independent, should seem not connected to God, should seem uh, running by itself. But a Jew needs to discover and recognize, no, that there is, that it's not the case, that it's Hashem is creating the world. But you have to work on that. You have to, um, you have to reflect. And one of the things of Hasidus is to take the time to meditate, to take the time and uh, reflect, to take the time, think very deeply about Hashem and about creation and about the inherent uh, desire that especially a Jew's job is to make God a dwelling place in this world. And to, what does it mean to make God, to make God a dwelling place in this world means to reveal, no, that God is in the world. That means that's the way you're making it. Instead of Hashem being pushed away and not recognizing the world, to bring Him into the world. And first you bring Him into your own world through your own mind, through your own intellect. And one of the um, things that uh, the times to do that is during the davening. Uh, when you daven, uh, that was the main thing that the Alter Rebbe wanted, that the Hasidim, or all Jews, anybody who would listen, should spend time davening and meditating and reflecting. And a lot of this mimer is also evolves around the prayers and basically the central part of the prayer is the mitzvah of Shema, loving God, and everything builds around that level of love to gain that level of love. That's why we have all the verses and the reflection and the and the 
talks about the, the angels and about how they're all asking for Hashem's glories. So this is all about that. And, and the Rebbe connects this with this parsha also. It's saying, Va'era el Avroham el Yitzchok vel Yaakov. One of the points that the Rebbe brings out over here is that um, uh, it's important to experience also joy, not just a service of uh, that you have to, but it's 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 something that should be done besimcha. Is the verse says, "Ivdus Hashem besimcha, serve God with joy." Uh, we also find that for not serving Hashem with joy, it's a big punishment, you have to serve with joy. Uh, but true joy, the Alter Rebbe explains, comes from a sense that you're missing something. If you're missing something and then you get it, then you can enjoy. Uh, if you're not missing anything, so then you don't... Uh, they say that's why the people that never had to work hard for... For, for, for their money or for their comfort or for their success, they don't really appreciate it because it didn't come with a struggle. It came easy to them. People that were born, they say, with a silver spoon, uh, like that, they, it comes easy. They don't appreciate it. And that's why we also know that sometimes kids who never have to work for anything and never have to uh, wait for anything and before even they can ask for it, they get everything, you know, given to them, they're spoiled and then they can't handle it. They go crazy, they go on drugs and do other stuff, you know, sometimes that because they, uh, they're they not used to appreciating anything and they're not really happy. You have so many people, you look around you'd say, listen if I only had their money you know, I'd be like the happiest person in the world because why? Because you didn't have the money you have to struggle. And you have, so then if you had the money, you'd be the happiest person. But some of these people Always had the never to work, and they're the most miserable people, you know, even though they have, I think they have everything, you think they have everything, why are they miserable? Because to be really besimcha, to be joy, to appreciate what you have, it's only if you didn't have it and then you get it, then you can feel a sense of, of real simcha. The same thing is, lahabdul, alahabdullah, to distinguish between the very materialistic and uh, ideas with the appreciation of Hashem. And Rebbe says this is, a, this is a process of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Yaakov is really the level of Simcha. But it comes after Yitzchak, which is the level of realization how much we're missing Hashem, how much we don't have. You have to sort of feel the uh, lacking that we don't actually have so much of Hashem so that then when we get the um, revelation of Hashem, then we become in a uh, ecstatic, then we become very, very excited about it. Uh, the, the Rebbe explains the verse, it says, Va'era, I appeared. Literally, the word Va'era, as it's translated, means I appeared in the past. Hashem is saying to Moshe, I appear to Abraham, to Yitzchak, and to Yaakov. But Ve'era grammatically can also mean I appear. It means in the future, Hashem appears. So basically, the Ebishter appears to Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. But wait a minute, Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov passed away so many years ago. They were in the Chumash. 
What does it mean that Hashem appears to them in the future? Hashem appears to them because there's a little bit of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov in each one of us. Why? Because Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov are called our fathers. What does it mean when somebody's called a father? Now, there's a lot of tzaddikim, and there's a lot of righteous people, right? And there's also the tribes, but the tribes are not called fathers. There's only three that are called uh, tribes, uh, fathers. Why are they called a father? A father inherits his children. So when we say there are fathers, that means that we have something of them in ours, in us. We have a little Avram, a little Yitzchak, a little Yaakov, just because the DNA, because we come from them. They're our father. On the spiritual level, we have a little bit of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And, you know, when we work in ourselves with Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, what is Avram, We our attribute of chesed, the level of kindness we have in our heart of the godly soul. And then when we work with the level of gevura, with the level of strength which we have in the godly soul. And then we work with the level of Rachmonis, with the level of Yaakov that we have in the godly soul. That means that we're working with our Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov that we have in ourselves. And when Hashem says, el Avram, Yaakov, He's basically saying that He is revealing Himself to your Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov that you have in yourself. Hashem reveals Himself. However, the real exciting revelation of Yaakov and that's why the Pesach says the Rebbe says that then he used the word Shaka uh, the Rebbe says that the word Shaddai is also like the Hebrew word like the breast, like a mother feeds the child the milk and the Rebbe says the milk is represented in the verses which means there's milk and, and uh, wine and, and, and milk under your tongue it represents enjoyment so that when you go through the stages of then you still have then you have the level of Kill Shaka, then you can have enjoyment. In other words, if you go through the level, you really can appreciate and you can really uh, uh, have a, 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 a simcha and really have a joy in your service of Hashem. Very literally, the Rebbe is saying, I mean, it, it, practically talking to a chassid, he's basically saying, you know, when you daven, you know, go. Go through the meditation, go through the reflection, and when you're finished, you'll have a tremendous joy because this is the whole creation that we were created this for is to reflect on HaKadosh Baruch, is to make Hashem and bring Him down to the world in our mind through our davening. So then you'll have this great joy, you'll have the Kel Shaka, you'll have the, the great joy that comes from the nourishment, from the milk, from the... You'll have that, that level. But still... Still, this is the general theme of the Mimer. Still, the Rebbe says that's only the beginning level because it's all about you, it's your enjoyment. It's Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. 
That's not yet the ultimate. Ushmi That's still not going to be the full capacity is When do you get it? But uh, when you come to the level of Moshe Rabbeinu, which is the level of Bittl, which is the level of total subjugation to Hashem, then you actually be Hashem that you get the knowledge, then you become the knowledge of Ani Hashem. He also brings this down, he, he connects this all, and he says from the uh, Gomorrah that we see, he says that you know, a lot of times we're talking about that we don't feel anything, we don't, you know, people, uh, actually today's Tanya too, he talks about what do people do, you know, I mean, we tell people that if you reflect and if you think, you, but sometimes people say they reflect, they think, and they can't do anything with it, they don't have any love. I wonder, wonder, we need to put this in perspective. In our times today, a lot of times we're just happy that we come to show and we dive and we say the words. <laughs> so we don't have such problems, you know, like uh, the Hasidim in the olden days, in the time of the Alter Rebbe, they were real servants of Hashem at that time and they had problems. What was their problem? The problem is that they tried to meditate and reflect and they couldn't create that level of love. So that was the problem that they had. So a lot of the advice of the Alta Rebbe is how to overcome those obstacles. But if we don't have the problems, we don't looking for, uh, for solutions to these problems. And, you know, we just, you know, we're happy if we come to shul and we're happy if we daven and we put on the tefillin and we, we don't talk during the davening in the middle of Chazor Sashat. We keep the Shulchan Aruch, you know, the laws strictly. That's where, you know... <laughs> We're delighted. We're besimcha. We can do that. But that's that's our generation. However, the Alter Rebbe addresses this, and he says that uh, the time that we live in, we're considered like a fetus. Which means before we daven and we change that around, that's the extra. But to originally, we're like a fetus. He says, "Look, a fetus in the mother's womb." It brings quotes from the Gemara and quotes from different verses that during the time of exile, the Jewish people are considered to be like a fetus. A fetus has all the limbs. We're not talking about in the beginning while he's still an embryo. We're talking about when it's already developed. And now it's in the mother's, uh, mother's womb. It has all limbs. It has all... It eats from what its mother eats, but... But it says, it says it says it's like a folded up. Uh, uh, it's, it's it, nothing. Nothing functions. In other words, the mind doesn't function. The the ears, the hear, the sight. There's no function. No no function. It's there, but it doesn't function. It's only thing that functions is the food. It increases in size. It becomes bigger. But none of the uh, powers. Special qualities that a human being has, nothing that functions, doesn't doesn't serve any purpose. You know, people. Um, what? People believe. A lot of people believe that if you play certain music for the fetus, uh, that it'll develop. It'll be more relaxed and develop better as, as well. That is actually true. Also, not only in people. It's also the Rebbe encourages 
that you know that should be only only Jewish music and only kosher stuff and only kosher. I mean, even at the pregnancy. But we're talking about in the real sense of being able to utilize. That's sort of in a subconscious, in a hidden way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the point over here that the Rebbe wants to make is that uh, the time of exile were also like fetuses, which means mm-hmm. we grow, we have ears, but we don't hear. We have eyes, but we don't see. We have, we have all uh, things, but, but we're talking about seeing Hashem, and we're talking about hearing Hashem, we're talking about using our qualities to, to perceive something. So we're like a fetus, we have them. I mean, we're, we're and, and the food, the food is the mitzvahs that we do, uh, it becomes like rote, it becomes meaningless, in other words, no feeling, no passion, there's no excitement. So it's like a fetus, you know, you grow, yeah, your body grows, but there's a lack of, there's no sense, you know, there's no sensitivity, there's no feeling, the, all of your senses aren't functioning, so, what, what, you, know, you know, you're doing a mitzvah, and the mitzvah doesn't inspire you, I mean, you're just doing it, and that's why we're considered like a fetus, but generally that is true in the world. But the Rebbe says, no, we do have an opportunity. Hashem gives us That's true in general. That's before we start to daven. That's before we start to uh, commit ourselves to becoming, you know, more involved, uh, to becoming more uh, sensitive to, to, uh, to start to listen, to start to pay attention. That's why we learn Hasidus. That's why we uh, study. That's why we want to when we daven. Now, do we actually use what we learn in daily? Well, if we're not going to learn about it, I had a uh, my rabbi who was, uh, you know, I respected a lot when I was in Israel, in yeshiva. So I, um, you know, I was always selling uh, Sephora, you know, and they were selling books over there, you know. So it was like fairly uh, reasonable, cheaper than uh, than over here, you know. Then they had to ship it, but it was still a lot cheaper. In Israel, the books, the Sforim, are a lot cheaper. Unfortunately, it's unlike the textbook, try to get college books and textbooks over there. They cost a fortune, a fortune of money. They make a killing. All these textbooks that they use in colleges and other things, they cost a tremendous amount of money. But Sforim, uh, there are not so many takers over there. You know, the amount of people that use the Sforim is is limited to the Jewish people, to the learned people. So Sfarim are rarely fairly cheap, especially in Israel, they're, they're even cheaper, because it's cheaper to print. And the people want people to use it. So there was a lot of Sfarim. So I uh, was talking to my, uh, my the rabbi over there, and he said, I said to him, should I spend money on buying Sfarim? He says like this. So he said, if you have Sfarim on your bookshelf, even if you don't study them, but if they're on the bookshelf, you might be tempted sometimes to take a look at it and see what's written inside. But if you don't have the safer, you're going to... So I'm saying, if we learn about this, even though we don't use most of what we learn, but then maybe sometimes there will be a chance that we will be inspired and we'll use a little bit of what we learned to actually motivate us, to get us to do something. So it's okay that even though we don't See, sometimes we see this is like farm. Maybe we should, uh, you know, learn more something that is 
you know, practical, you know, that we're going to actually use. No, we have to always strive for higher, and hopefully, but this, but this is what makes us chassidim. This is what connects us with the Alter Rebbe. This is what the Rebbe wanted us to do. Of course, we, today there's a world out there where they don't know anything about Yiddishkeit, and we got to just start with the olive base, and we got to start with from the ground zero. You got to start from the floor, and you got to go up the ladder. But that does not exempt those people. To, that's where we get together. We learn some Hasidists and we and we try to um, imagine and to bring it down in our minds. That is the purpose of man's creation of the world. Okay, you can't come to recognizing Hashem if you don't know about it. You have to tell a person that he has a soul, and yeah, so we have to start from from the beginning. But the ultimate goal of everything is is to bring Hashem into the world, which means to recognize that the world is not disconnected. That is Hashem Echod, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elekeinu, Hashem Echod. And, you know, the time with the Mikdosh, we would bring a carbon. Now, we talked about a carbon yesterday, but the carbon really meant, meant really bringing yourself. It was just a physical expression, was that? But it really means to bring yourself and to make yourself close to Hashem, close to God. And that's really the purpose of, 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 of the carbon, of the carbon. And nowadays, that's the davening. What do we do when we daven? That's when we become close to Hashem. And that's our obligation. And hopefully, you know, we do a little bit, and then Hashem helps us that we can achieve greatness. Anyways.